for Sober Chick podcast listeners. This is Heather, and I'm joined by Dana, Lisa, and Meredith. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Four Sober Chicks. I'm Heather, and with me, as always, Meredith, Lisa, and Dana. Today, we're going to talk about holidays, sober holidays, uh, weddings. You know, the summer season is starting, and hopefully this will be published still in the summer. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a common time for travel. The world has opened up. People are starting to go places. And so, you know, for the newly sober, maybe this is one of the few, you know, the beginning times of trying out your sobriety um, back in the same places with people that you've known for a long time. And that can be really challenging. Um, so we're going to talk about strategies, what kind of worked for us um, today, as well as, um, you know, normalize some of this, that, that it's really, really normal to be like, I don't know what I'm going to do at a wedding. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Um, or I don't know how I'm going to go on vacation and be sober. I don't know how I'm going to go hang out with my siblings who, you know, drink X, Y, and Z and how I'm going to do that. Um, and that's really, really normal. It's oftentimes that we're able to do things in our current environments where we feel comfortable and it's predictable. But then when you throw in these events, especially when you're around people that are triggering, family can be really triggering. People, places, and things, you know, vacation can be really triggering. Um, so how do we manage that? So that is our topic for today. And um, we haven't discussed this. I'm going to pick on Dana. Would you like to kick us off? <laughs> sure. Thanks, Heather. Uh, I have a holiday slash vacation coming up on Thursday. Um, we are going down to... South Carolina and um, my bone, my oldest bonus son just got married. So we are going down to celebrate his marriage. Um, now I don't have a problem. Like I, you know, it'll just be normal everyday stuff for me. I don't, it doesn't bother me to drink, or, you know, people, other people drinking around me and things like that. Last year, however, <laughs> when I was still in my first year of sobriety, um, going on a family trip was, was, highly difficult um because that's all we used to do i mean i was drunk for seven days straight and you know a lot of it had to do with it was not my type of family vacation um i didn't really want to be there <laughs> there's 17 children and 15 adults it was it's a little overwhelming just for normal wise so um i figured i i made it through last year obviously um, and it was one of those things where I was like, if I could do that sober, I can do anything sober. <laughs> um, I did a lot of self-care. I was, you know, not only was I newish in my sobriety, right? I was what, seven, 
eight, nine, I was, I was 11 months sober at that point. Um, I had, I was coming off of a car accident that was nine months before that, an injury. So there was a lot of things that could have thrown me over the edge right into, to drinking again. Um, a lot of self-care. If you can take the time while you're on holiday with your, and you're with family, make sure you build in time for yourself. Um, I found yoga and, and I was never a yoga person and I love it now just because of where I was in my sobriety um, last year. So there was a huge sign on the boardwalk that said yoga on the beach, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays and Sundays. And I was there, I was there the whole, those four days um, because it kept me grounded. It kept me, you know, focused on myself. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, but in the very beginning, it was tough. It, you know, when, and when we talk about, I know we're talking about vacations and, and holiday being the word of vacation, but holidays too are, it was stressful, you know, um, being newly sober and trying to navigate that stuff. Um, so I would, you know, just make sure you, you have some serious boundaries put in place for yourself. Don't feel guilty for taking time um, to walk away from certain situations that are getting out of hand that are making you feel uncomfortable. Um, if, you know, your family and friends that you're with love you and support you, they'll understand, mm -hmm. hopefully. Um, you know, I have some that didn't and, you know, or they did and they didn't care and they thought it would be great to make fun of me. But, um, you know, they were doing that before I was sober anyway with my veganism. So <laughs> I was kind of used to it. Um, but I, I think that's my biggest takeaway is the boundaries and making sure um, you get that self-care in, you know, because the vacation is supposed to be restful. You're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to unwind. And, you know, when you do that sober and in recovery, there's such a difference because you're actually allowing yourself and your mind and your soul to unwind. So don't let other things, you know, hinder that and stop it. Make sure that you get that in and um, allow it to happen. So true. Thank you. Those are great. Yeah. And we talked to like two episodes or three episodes ago about like, Lisa, you talked about what's actually happening in our bodies and how alcohol arrests that process of rejuvenation and detoxification and all of those things. And so, you know, self-care is like on a next level now that our bodies are not trying to just filter out all the alcohol. Um, and so it's a real opportunity to kind of, um, get some of that back yeah and have you ever felt like when you've gone on vacation this is in the past you need a vacation from your vacation absolutely i still feel I, like that but on a different level okay good <laughs> <laughs> but i used to have that where same with you the vacations would be non-stop drinking and like you'd come home and you're like i just exhausted i'm and yeah. like what was the point of all that you know you came home even more exhausted than you were before for yep. sure. I hear you on the self-care, making time for yourself, like all the things that you loved about or love about being sober. Like for me, my morning coffee is mm -hmm. one that I absolutely love. I love the fact that I can wake up and feel so good um, mentally and physically. Yeah. And so when I went on vacation, um, the last one I can think about, um, I made sure that that morning coffee was like, 
I had the coffee, I had the mug I wanted to use, like I knew where I was going to have that morning coffee. <laughs> like I made sure those things were in place. And same thing with like, um, taking time for myself, like walks for me are a big one and yeah. journaling and thinking ahead of time. Okay. When am I going to do that on vacation? Cause a lot of it's going to be with the family and with the kids, it's going to be busy, but when am I going to get those parts of sobriety that I love so much more now, um, into my vacation. So I agree with you about that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so my big, cause I used to, I mean, pre COVID we, we would travel a lot. Um, and I am thinking back to my earlier days when I did a lot of traveling and when we did traveling, I mean, not that it was centered around alcohol, but everything you did, whether you were going out to lunch or you were getting your connecting flight and you had an hour and a half to wait, you went to the bar to get a drink, the whole nine. Um, <clears throat> so for me, um, I had to do a lot of research um, before I went to the places that I was going, whether this was for a wedding, for work, whatever the case may be. And I needed to find, okay, where's the fitness center in the gym? Um, that was my big, my big focus was, okay, do they even have one? If they don't, what is the closest gym? How do I get a day pass? Like I had to do a lot of digging to keep my routine-ish of what I, I did at home now, don't get me wrong. When you go on family vacations and it's all about sleeping in, I am a full believer in rest days, um, taking that time off, but even waking up still before everyone's up and going to beach or yoga on the beach, you know, it's something super simple to keep you grounded in, in that. Um, and I have never been afraid to ask questions. So if I was headed to a wedding, um, let's say it was my second cousin twice removed, you know, whatever the case may be, I would go to who I knew was somewhat the closest to that person. And I would literally ask, are they going to have non-alcoholic options there? Mm -hmm. Um, that was at first they were like, huh? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. So I need to know if I need to bring my own or, if I need to go to the store to get some, I mean, cause obviously anywhere, any wedding you go to probably has club soda. So that was kind of a given for me, but um, like if I wanted to partake in the champagne toast, I would go get sparkling apple juice, you know? So I asked the questions. Um, another really big, and we've talked about this a ton is finding that support network that you can lean on in those situations to where you're like, oh my God, like even just verbalizing, this is starting to stress me out a little bit. Um, and, and I have those groups where I'm like, if you are tempted or triggered or whatever the case, text me, call me. Like I am here because a lot of times just getting it off your chest yeah. that you're having a hard time is all you need. Um, and so having that support group at your fingertips um, it's huge. Even just someone saying, girl, you've made it this far. You got this, you know, and like we've said in the past, once you start to accomplish these things, you're just building a bigger foundation to where, you know, like Dana said, it doesn't even bug you, you know, to go, I was at a wedding this past weekend and I can't tell you how many people came up to me. They're like, how can you have this much fun sober? Um, but I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm able to have fun and 
watch people have a lot of fun um, <laughs> and not have to partake in, in that. Um, and Dana, you said something that I used all the time. We're women. Um, going to the bathroom is a real good excuse to excuse yourself. Um, so if I was in a situation, I'd be like, I'm going to go freshen up. I have to go to the bathroom, lipstick, like whatever the case may be as a female, you have really easy outs in situations if you are uncomfortable. So I, the bathroom was always, always my thing. I didn't, you know, like when people were going for a round of shots and I was the only one not doing it, that was my bathroom break. Let them do their thing. I don't need to be a part of that. Um, but that's always a huge um, excuse that women can use, I guess. Um, and the last one I have, uh, people may make fun of you. You're gonna gonna get that, and not necessarily being like, "Oh, Meredith, you're so dumb," or you know, something like that. But it's almost like that sarcastic, like, "Oh, she doesn't drink," you know. And you will get that, hands down. I'm not gonna say that everyone is gonna be supportive in your recovery at all. But if you are consistent and you are true to yourself, that will turn into admiration. I promise you. It does. Because that is exactly what happened to me at this wedding. Um, there were two guys specifically who came up and they were like, I don't know how you do it. They're like, I, I feel like I can't have fun without alcohol. And I was like, well, I, that's not, uh, maybe I thought that's what alcohol did to me as I became way more fun. But in all reality, it did not. It made me a worse person. Um, so your steadfast and your commitment, I guarantee you will turn full circle with those people who have made fun of you. And they will at some point in your journey, give you props about being sober and it will never come up again. Yeah. Um, I think that <clears throat> like we've said in the past sobriety, your sobriety will make other people uncomfortable. It will illuminate potential issues that they have that they're not dealing with. So in those moments where those people are being sarcastic, or maybe they are making fun of you or whatever the case may be, you've got to know that had that has zero reflection on you. It has everything to do with the other person. But once they see how strong you are, you, you will be amazed with what um, people compliment you on, honestly. Um, so just know that in the beginning, you're going to get the questions. And we've talked about this on past episodes, come up with phrases or come up with things that you're, you commonly say when people ask you the questions or, or make fun of you. Yeah. So I love it, that. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I, sorry to cut you off, Lisa. I did um, what you were saying, Meredith, what, you know, when I first went sober, I had family members who were like, oh, you're vegan and now you're sober. You know, if, if I met you, I, I, there was no way we would date cause you'd be too boring. And I'm like, Whoa. you know, but now, now they're looking at me in a little bit of a different light. Cause they're like, okay, well, she's, she's meaning what she's doing now. And she's actually walking the walk and talking the talk. You're not, you're not jumping on the bandwagon exactly. to be cool or, or yeah. do the new trend. 
Yeah. Like that's, that's what people are going to think you're doing from the get go. They're yeah. like, Oh, you're becoming sober. Like all these other people. Okay. Yeah. You, you, they're going to doubt the fact that you're genuinely doing it for your life. You yeah. know, like there will be that doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I had talked to somebody yesterday mm-hmm. and, and they, um, you know, she, she had no idea how bad, you know, my drinking had gotten. She's like, okay, yeah, you, you did have a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so not only that, like, what does that say about that person that the most interesting thing about you is whether or not you eat meat or drink alcohol? Like, I know. Really? Well, <laughs> coming from those people, it's not surprising. But it's, it's not surprising. the norm. It's the it norm. We are not the norm at all. You know, so when you challenge someone's norm, even if it's your journey and not theirs, they're gonna wanna know why. Yep. They're gonna ask the questions. I mean, every person in my life who have supported me from day one, they've always asked me the question, always. So you've got to be prepared to answer that. And in those situations on vacation specifically, you are going to have to be stronger and more resolute in your decision than ever, you know, cause that's when, that's when for me, vacation was a, this is a pass, you know, like I kind of have to make up an excuse on why I'm drinking so much at home, but come vacation off the, t- like, you don't need that anymore, you know? So you, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, going against the norm on something like this will automatically cause some sort of friction, you know, whether it's a minute and it's one question and then they're over it, or if it just continues, it will. Yeah. And that's the point being prepared, like planning, planning, planning for these situations, the hypotheticals, the, you know, what am I going to say? Sometimes I would just say, you know what, alcohol wasn't working with my lifestyle and I gave it up. Boom, period. That was it, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, okay. And then went on and then someone else might dig a little bit more. So then I'd have sort of my responses in my head of how deep I wanted to go, you yeah. know, so having a plan ahead of time of what you're going to say, I think was huge and just yeah planning for all those situations the what ifs what if this happens what if that what if you know they're doing shots got i've gone to the bathroom a few times and just done some deep breathing and it helps and it grounds me and i remind myself why i'm doing it and i'm like feeling great and so whatever you need to do in those moments to boost your confidence back up again and i i will say with the friction aspect with you getting friction you will also get the opposite where people will come up to you and they're like, holy crap, good for you. So you will get both. You you know, I I don't think that, I don't think I've ever been in a place that was a situation where drinking was not only very prevalent, but everyone should have been doing it. And I've gotten so many pats on the back, you know, so you will get both. Just make sure that those positive ones are the ones that you remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the preparation in terms of what you're going to say to people, but also preparation in terms of who's supporting you. So we talked a little bit about the community, but for going to weddings, like who's your sober ally? You know, it, who is going to have your back while everyone else, if, is that possible? Is that somebody that you're coming with you? Is there a really good friend that you can be like, look, I'm not drinking and I'm 
really new at this and I'm really nervous about it. Can you have my back? Can we come up with a code word? Whatever it is, but like having a plan sometimes, it's like practicing um, escaping from a fire, having a escape route planned out, bringing your car, not relying on someone else to drive you home if you need to leave. You know, those things not only help you feel more comfortable in the situation, but you know that they're available to you. You've thought it through. Um, Because sometimes the unknown is the worst part of it, right? You may go and have this amazing time and you don't need to use your escape plan, but you have one in case you do need one. The other thing with vacationing, you know, and you guys know that I'm, I'm one of the women here that's in the rooms, you know, there are meetings all around the world. There are meetings online. There are meetings in person. We regularly have visitors at our meetings um, that we have and they're amazing to have. Like it's, it's this kind of new person that comes in and has this new story and, and it's, and it, you know, you always learn something. So that's always available. Online meetings are always available. Whether, you know, we all talk about She Recovers, they have meetings twice a day and it's not 12 step affiliated, it's supportive of all. So um, doing research in terms of that, like where can I go and connect with what's working for me? So whatever that, that looks like for you. Um, and maybe a church, you need to like have your kind of spiritual reboot. Like, um, so I love the idea of doing the research, but what is your community that you need? And I often recommend that you do it before you go to the event, like, cause specifically like weddings and stuff like that. And then after, but again, on vacation too, how do you guys have talked about exercise, but how do you replicate what you're doing that's working for you outside of your home and, and who's your person. We all need a person that's got our back, you know, whether it's on the phone, it's phone a sober friend or so phone a uh, supportive friend, or it's somebody that's with you or someone, you know, you're going to see there, you know, these are kind of different ways um, to kind of have that community um, or check-ins. I'm going to talk to you beforehand. I'm going to talk to you afterwards, you know, um, you're less likely to pick up if you know somebody is expecting a phone call from you, you know, and then and you've got someone cares about you uh, in that respect and kind of what you, I think community is the single most important thing in a recovery journey. We've talked a lot about that. So how do you do that on vacation? Yeah. And, and, and be selfish and don't feel guilty about it. You yeah. have your sobriety and your recovery is your priority don't knock it down a couple of pegs because people are egging you on you know like walk out of the room I don't care what people are going to think of you you have to think of yourself and and I think that's one of the most important things too is just be selfish you know and and because we're taught not to be right we're taught mm-hmm. not to be selfish but in the long run, it will help you and, and it will, it, it ends up being what Meredith said. It ends up being that admiration for you. Right. I mean, like I will walk into my family trip. I still can't call it a vacation. My family trip <laughs> in July. And I know that over half of those people now are my support group where they weren't last year, but they are this year because they know how steadfast I am in my recovery and what it means to me and how it is impacting others. Um, you, you know, and, and I would do the same for any of them, you know, that found their recovery or whatever their purpose is, you know, be a support. Don't be, don't be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> I can't tell you how many times it, you'll be surprised that you don't, you don't need permission to leave either. So for me, I know if it reaches a certain point that that is my exit, if you will. And it does not have to be a grandiose where you say goodbye to everyone, because honestly, they're not even going to remember when you left. So be okay with exiting early in the event that you need to do that. I think that that's completely respectable um, and completely fine. Um, I've had moments where I've done that and no one even knew. It was, hey, did you see X, Y, and Z? And I was like, no, I think I was in bed by then. But <laughs> but um, there's also, um, Lisa, you had talked about your morning coffee. Yeah. There's also this insane overwhelming feeling of gratitude when you wake up the next morning and you feel great Mm -hmm. you know coupled with a great cup of coffee you will be amazed at how much better like mornings are my favorite time of day um, because of that exact thing to where like this last weekend at the wedding that I was at I on it okay so I was the dd now this is another thing you're going to have to get used to. <laughs> you will become, and I offer that. They're not like, hey, Bear, can you be our DD? But I'm like, hey, I'm more than happy to take whoever I need to. The only issue is I can't peace out early. I've got six people in my car, you know, so you have to kind of take one for the team on that. But we didn't, I mean, I think I got to bed at 1.30, even waking up early, just that off time of me going to bed and still getting like seven hours of sleep, I felt like crap the next day. I had a headache and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even drink. And I feel hungover. And and that's going to happen too. You know, you are going to end up having a blast to the point where you're like, that probably wasn't the best decision. But I was the only one out of the entire place that felt somewhat great the next day I could function I wasn't on the couch all day you know so that feeling will almost become your you crave it you crave the feeling of feeling great in the morning um and enjoying the quiet cup of coffee absolutely and I think we can say here too that maybe don't volunteer the d the dd in early sobriety 100% you know like because the exit's important you have seven years Mary so you you know definitely um but initially you know maybe don't do that as well as like maybe when you're on vacation or you're home or you're back in these don't put yourself in a situation like go for lunch Hmm. you know I can't really meet you out for at the bar for drinks you know knowing but how about we meet for lunch or how about we meet for a cup of coffee um you know, you don't have to do things in the same way that you used to. There's, you know, safeguard your sobriety and your recovery like it's a child that needs yep. to be nurtured and taken care of every single day. And, and the more love you put into it, the better it is. And you would never leave your child in a bar. You wouldn't take your child to a bar. Well, sober people. Don't bring their babies to, to bars, right? I have never brought my babies to a bar, but a restaurant that served alcohol 100%. And was I drunk there? Yes, 100%. But 
you know, the, the person who safeguards, I safeguard my, re, my recovery. I don't go to bars unless they have really good food or an amazing band that I'm going to listen to. I don't go and hang out in bars. I have no business being there. And that's next week is five years for me. So like I safeguard it. I know. Right. Um, I safeguard it because it is without that. I have nothing else. I cannot, everything else falls away. All the other things in my life that are amazing come second to my recovery because without them, I don't have those. So when you put it that way and think about it in that way, you make decisions with that in mind, you know? And, and I think it's important for people to understand that you also have control over what those choices. Yeah. So like, for example, if someone's like, let's meet out for wine, you can have control over that situation. There's a lot of people who don't think that they're like, ah, oh, she asked me that. So we're not meeting up. And I'm like, why can't you go for coffee? I mean, there's a place, a massage place here that does great foot rubs. I was like, I go get foot rubs all the time with girl. Like there are things you can do with other people that don't revolve around alcohol and it doesn't have to be weird. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is there's so many people that are like, I don't know what else to do. And I was like, yeah. meet at a coffee bookstore, you know, like go, go on a hike, go on a walk, you know, but again, that's so out of the norm that I think a lot of people don't think that they do have control over those situations. Um, so you 100% do. Um, you can off. set the place. And they, they might appreciate that, you know, because mm -hmm. it might take them out of the norm of mm -hmm. dinner and drinks, dinner and drinks, dinner. Like, it's like, why don't we go do whatever? And they're like, Ooh, you know, and you, yeah. you experience something different. Maybe go to a play or see, see a show, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah, they may appreciate that as well. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Touched on so many great things. One that I wanted to bring up um, what is before you're going into what you may perceive as a, as a challenging situation, especially at the beginning, setting yourself up for success in having a good night's sleep ahead of time. Because we all, none of us, are able to cope when we're tired. And when you're exhausted, everything seems so much harder. So planning, this is part of the planning, but like I always plan if I've got a big night out um, to try and have a little bit of a rest time before I go in out in the evening or something like that. So that comes down to the self-care, but just making sure that you're rested. Sleep is amazing. Yeah, it is. And the reality of kind of coming off of two years, two and a half years of COVID is that, you know, our social bandwidth is narrower. You know, yeah. we, it, it, whether you're a social person or not, we haven't been in as many social situations. And so you're out of practice. And I can remember when I would started going and doing things, even with people I really, really genuinely enjoyed, I would leave and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I was with them for an hour and a half. All we did was talk or like play a game or whatever, but like just kind of being in an environment where I was socializing with three people, I think it was, a, you know, it was markedly different. Um, so have grace with yourself and kind of, because these are, this is the kind of a similar environment. A wedding is overwhelming. A, lar a loud, busy restaurant can be overwhelming, you know? So like have grace. 
sleeping and being well rested is a great idea. And just also recognizing that you might get tired faster. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I've been to two, two events this year that were pushed off for two and a half years because of COVID. And one was a concert and the other one was a sit down and, but it was still in an, in like an arena. And I was so excited to go. And after like an hour, I'm like, can I go home now? <laughs> and it was like, it was only like the, the main event wasn't even happening yet. And I was so exhausted just from conversing with my best friend and then having to sit and watch all the, and, and it was great people watching, but I'm like, man, why, like, why am I so exhausted? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's true. I mean, I don't sleep well anyway, but, but that whole, like going out to concerts and things like that, again, it, it just ease yourself into it. <laughs> you know, and, and prepare. And like, like Lisa, you were saying, you know, I was thinking that you were going to say something else and you did it, but you know, with your, with getting enough sleep also don't, don't just keep thinking about the doom and gloom of, of what you're stepping into in new sobriety with a wedding or event or, or vacation take the good from it. Like you, you're going to go in there, you're going to be feeling good and you're going to be feeling good the whole time. And mm -hmm. you know, people are going to be coming up to you and asking you why, and you, it, it, it helps you grow and get stronger. And, you know, again, like Meredith is saying, you wake up the next morning and you're feeling great. Even if you only had five hours of sleep because you were out late, that wears off very much more quickly than a hangover. Um, so take the good from it as well. Don't look at it as you know, but, but look at it as a learning experience and a growing experience because you're, you know, the more that you put yourself into those situations, the more you'll grow into your sobriety and recovery from it as well. And I think this also taps into the idea of what you're drinking. So, you know, yeah. Meredith, you were talking about calling ahead. Um, I don't do zero proof anything because, well, first, when I initially got sober, everything tasted like crap. So it wasn't really good. I know they've made leaps and bounds. Um, so if that's something that's part of your recovery, find out if it's there. If not, get it, take it with you. Um, as well as have a plan for like a fun mixed beverage that you are looking forward to. Like it doesn't have to be, I just get club soda. You know, it could be, oh, I'm going to do a splash of this and a splash of that, a thing of lime and some ice. And this makes me really happy. And I'm looking forward to this. And I don't feel like I'm missing out. I'm deprived when that's one of the kind of things about sobriety is to make it fun. Like you said, enjoy all of it don't feel like you're always missing out and that you, yeah. you know, like build the fun in because who wants to go do something that's just going to be painful the whole time? Like, yeah. and just feel like you're missing out, like build it in and no one's going to do it for you. Yes. We need to safeguard our own recovery. We need to do that for ourselves. We need to figure out like, oh, maybe I need to bring like a little special syrup. Somebody mm -hmm. mentioned um, an elderberry syrup. You know, maybe I need to bring a little bit of that in my purse and put that in with some soda water and that would be fine. A lot of people are getting better. A lot of like weddings and, and um, hotels and restaurants are starting to have more options. Um, 
so here in the UAE, they just opened a note, which you would think it's because of the way alcohol is in, in a Muslim country. Um, but they're now having a alcohol free bar. And it's so it's kind of a it's kind of cool that these are starting to happen all over the world too. So I was um, that's like? where you go with your friend. Yeah. I was it was a vegan alcohol free bar and restaurant. It was the most amazing thing. And they even do like whiskey flights and all of these different tastings oh and gosh. it's all zero proof. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we were um we took a, one of our girlfriends for a, a lim she was doing a wedding vow renewal. And we took a limo over to like a really bougie um, restaurant. And on the menu was a zero proof rosé. And um, one of my best friends, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And it's basically juice. I mean, so it, it wasn't like this spectacular, mind-blowing moment. But one of my friends, she came up to me, she goes, one of my best things of tonight was watching you be able to partake it with a, a glass of non-alcoholic rosé she's like you were able to do what we were doing she's like that was actually one of the highlights of my night and I was like oh that's awesome do I feel like I'm gonna go buy one of those bottles no because I feel like it's just it's just juice yeah. um but it's funny that like I actually got excited that I could partake with all of my friends on a really fun evening um and not feel odd about it or have to just drink club soda so it was pretty awesome we went to uh in quebec i went to a tasting uh five course meal with my husband and i got the non-alcoholic and he got the alcoholic beverage the this restaurant outdid themselves every drink was i had one with a smoking cloish and there wasn't a drop of alcohol. And so he would like describe mine and would be doing all these amazing things. And they go, and here's a Chardonnay. And my <laughs> husband was just like, <laughs> he was so disappointed that, that he went with the alcohol package, you know, and he's like, your drinks were so much better. So, I mean, there are places that are doing a <laughs> yeah. really good job at it and, and not now I, on that same trip, we went on a, a food tour around the neighborhood and there was a drink included and I was the only person that did not have an, like there was an 18 year old, he was drinking, but it was Canada. So he was loud. And like, everybody was just like, whoosh, when he was like, who's the non-alcoholic? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be securing yourself, you know? And yeah. so I was like, you know, whatever, like after that initial, like face was a little red and then everybody was kind of, I was called out in the middle of it, but um, but there are some places that are doing a really Heather. good job. Did anyone come up to you? No. Okay. Because every time I've been in a situation where it's like a big group of people and they're like, who had this? And I'm like, me. There's always one person who comes up and is like, is either like, oh my gosh, good for you. Or, or like something very simple, even if I don't know them. Um, but I'm surprised no one came up to you and said anything. We were all strangers. So, I mean, like it was just a food tour. No, no one ever, no one has, I don't, so it's interesting. I don't get a lot of flack. I had one person at a dinner party who was relentless that she wanted me to try this drink. And I think it was like seven or eight times. And I, I wasn't real, 
I was, I was sober maybe two, two and a half years. And I wasn't comfortable being like, I'm sober, piss mm-hmm. off. You know, after like the seventh time, I was just like, oh, you know, and finally the, the host was like, enough. But when you watched her through the rest of the evening, I yeah. see exactly why, you know, I heard in the rooms once and it's always stuck with me. I have no problem with people drinking. I have a problem with problem drinkers. And they're the ones that make me feel really uncomfortable because it's on a cellular level. I can remember my whole body is just like, Woo. so I don't get a lot of like, I don't have to maybe like when I first came home from treatment and I decided to go back to the bar that I used to go to all the time and I wasn't, I was drinking water and I had a really, <laughs> this kid's like, you're not drinking alcohol. I'm like, no. Are you sick? No. Are you pregnant? I've gotten that. <laughs> no. Are you on drugs? No, I'm just drinking water. And I was just like, <laughs> now, mind you, I had, you know, like I drank with this kid a hundred times. So like it was very much outside of the norm for our friendship, but it's funny um, what people, but I don't get a lot of, I don't have to explain myself much. No. You know, which is really kind of freeing. All right. Great conversation. I hope, I think that there's some amazing tidbits in here and really finding what works for you um, by trying all these things out, you know, and, and um, don't be afraid, have a plan, plan fun in, have a contact person. And every time you do this successfully, you feel better and better about it. You feel more and more confident. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks. See you again. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at Four Sober Chicks. That's number four sober chicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.